Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. I'd like to welcome you this morning, Pastor Sheridan and I here this morning. Welcome all of you to this brand new day that the Lord has made, Monday morning, October the 4th, 2021. We just give God praise, glory, and honor that we're able this morning again after such an awesome weekend. We service on yesterday in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We witness another move of God. Amen. We witness four souls, man, stepped into a new realm of reality, walked away in the newness of life because they were baptized, planted in that watery grave, and God raised them up the same way he raised Jesus up out of the tomb. Amen. And set them on their way, walking in the newness of life. So we thank God, amen, for everything that was said, every song that was sing, all the praise that went forth. We thank God for the hands that were on deck and finding things to do to the glory of God. We just thank God because he got all the praise. He got all the glory and he took all the honor. Amen. But we're so grateful this morning that we had a chance to be a part of what God had ordained to take place part two of our overcoming COVID Delta virus celebration. Thank God for all the hands that were on deck. Thank God for Pastor Eric and Pastor Phoebe who made the trip. Thank God, Pastor Sharon and, and, and all, all that were in attendance, our ministers, our, 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 our church members, and even some guests and visitors drove from Atlanta and other places, all been in to be a part of what God was doing, what he had ordained. The nurses that came in, they got caught up in it. They were on the phone telling everybody, man, they're doing baptisms out here. There's some teaching going on that we never heard before. So we give God all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor because he ordained who was supposed to be there and be partakers of that awesome, incredible celebration or continuation of that celebration. So we just give God praise as we gather this morning. Amen. Again, thank you all from the very depths of our heart for sacrificing your times, your talents, your resources to be there, to be a part of it in whatever capacity or role that God had you there with us. We certainly do appreciate it. We don't take it for granted, nor does God. Amen. He ordains those things to be the way they are. And we have to embrace what God is doing. Amen. You know, we, we're not spiritually ignorant people. We know what time it is in the spirit. Amen. We're not blind people. We have spiritual examples in the Bible, how God gave them tasks and missions and they embraced them and they ran with them. And the Bible tells us in the book of Colossians, whatever our hands find to do, we are to do it all to the glory of God. We don't sit around, bicker, murmur, complain about where the people are and all of this and all of that. Because if just two or three of us come together, put out a thousand chairs, it doesn't matter how many people come and fill those chairs. The fact of the matter is there were two or three there in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and God showed up. Amen. Uh, that's his That's His way. Amen. He said, when two or three gather together in my name, there I am in the midst. So for those thousand chairs that didn't get filled for those two or three, you got blessed a thousand times over. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on, somebody. God still released the blessing. Amen. And to more than enough, more than you can receive. That's what he said. You know, I'm going to pour it out. You won't have room enough to receive it. I don't know about you, but I felt my blessing. I felt blessed. I, I felt some spiritual energy. I felt something going on inside of my inside of my, my heart, my mind, my spirit, my life. I felt changed. I, I felt 
you know, vitalized and revitalized. I felt it yesterday. I felt the presence of the Lord. Amen. And we could have went on all day and all night. It had been fine with me. But we thank God for just such a, a, a presence. Amen. We thank God for such a unity and a spiritual harmony that just seemed to flow and resonate in the place. Amen. And it, it, it makes some folk want to get saved or wasn't saved. Some folk that were saved want to get re-saved. Uh, I, I got some feedback, you know, from a niece, man. She said that Steve, mother man, and, and her friend, his her friend, ain't stopped talking about that. They talked about that. They never experienced anything like that. They said the guy said, Man, I done been to a lot of church service. I ain't never experienced nothing like that. I ain't never heard nobody just preach and teach. All the people that spoke, the nothing but the unadulterated, infallible, authentic word of God. Because we know that's where the power lies. It's in the word of God. And so as we open up this morning, amen, to dive into these revelations of Jesus Christ, we know that it was God's doing. That's what God ordained. That's how he ordained it. That's how he saved us. Amen. To, to, to go forth and, you know, and to, and to share the revelations of Jesus Christ. You know, there's, there's all those misconceptions out there that man have about things and, you know, and, but there's, there's proof that we have to, you know, really know God. We, 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 we are the ones called of God. There are others, but we, we have to be responsible for our lane, covering our lane, covering our portion, doing what it is God gives us to do, what he trusts us to do, what he, <coughs> what he's called and equipped us to do. And that'll suffice. Amen. Our proof that we really know God. Amen. Because we go forth and do what he tell us to do without hesitation. There are seven tests that we've been talking about that prove this. You know, we've been in the book of first John chapter two, there's 39 verses and we're about halfway there. We're learning. Amen. And the other day we talked about, you know, there's also some stumbling blocks in our pathway. Uh, there's going to be some spiritual ignorance that people we're going to encounter. We, we've heard some of it. People ask some of the most uh, weird questions sometimes about things. Uh, we know that that leads to spiritual blindness, but God gave us examples in the Bible of what that spiritual blindness looked like. But that's not, you know, who we are. Amen. We want our eyes to be open to the things of God. And so this morning, we're going to deal with the revelation, which is another test. This is probably around about test number three that talks about remembering our spiritual growth. <clears throat> I heard wonderful testimonies yesterday that just kind of confirmed what we're going to be talking about this morning. We heard Pastor Phoebe talk about when she was 18 and how now 30, 29 years later, how she have grown her and her husband. You know, we heard Minister Smith and Minister Bigger talk about, you know, years ago, you know, 25 years and how they've grown and they're remembering how they have spiritually grown, you know, spiritual growth. Pastor Sheridan and I, we look back at where we were, where we're at now, how we've grown. And some of them testified how they have witnessed growth in us as their leaders. And so we, we, we're right on track this morning to learn a little bit more about this revelation uh, as a test, you know, remembering our spiritual growth, where we were, where God brought us from, where we at. And now we get to see these revelations and, and share them and talk about them, you know, where we're going. Amen. There's there's more maturity. There's more growth, spiritual growth, you know, to come. Amen. And so we thank God for the revelation this morning, remembering your spiritual growth. Amen. And this is what Jesus had desired from the onset when he came to earth, because this is the area where the people were lacking. God's people were lacking in the wisdom and the knowledge of this awesome, incredible, amazing God that they thought they were serving. <coughs> Amen. 
and then find out, you know, the truth be told, they were actually serving their own interests, had their own agenda, you know, thought they were serving God. Because many times they told Jesus right in his face, you know, Moses is, you know, Moses is, you know, is, is my father. Abraham is my father. You know, you ain't but 50, you ain't even 50 years old. How you going to tell us you're going you gonna to rebuild, tear down a temple that was in 50 year building and rebuild it? You know, so they had no clue. They didn't know God. They had no revelation. So that meant that there was no growth. There may have been growth in them growing as a people, but there was no growth in them growing as, as spiritual knowledge about their God. And that's why Jesus had to come, amen, because he sent Joel to prophesy that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. You know, he sent Isaiah to prophesy that my people perish for a lack of vision, and they didn't get it. So no, no maturity can come, amen, without God. It ain't going to happen. And when God sends out his ministers and, you know, his gifts to the body, it's so that they can grow and spiritually mature. We say we're gifts to the body, to edify the body to build up the people, to perfect them for the work of ministry, to mature them for the work of ministry. And so this is one of the tests that prove to God that we know him. You know, we know him. We know that we know him because we see ourselves as we as servants to God and to his people. Amen. So that we might help them to grow as we have grown. And so we're going to pick up our discussion this morning. I think the last verse <coughs> we finished with the other day, was out of the book of Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 9, the King James Bible, and it says, But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. And so that means you're still stuck. You know, the Bible says this, that when I was a child, I thought as a child, I did things as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things because, see, as an adult still doing childish things, it says that you're blind to the way that God has ordained for us to mature in the things of God. You know, you, 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 you're forever learning, but you're never coming into the knowledge of the truth. We heard that yesterday as a reminder. And so it's very difficult, you know, and we know a lot of childish people in ministry, you know, childish, you know, haven't put away those foolish things yet, you know, haven't really matured yet, you know, you know, and so we, 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 we want to remember our spiritual growth, where God has brought us from and take off these blinders. Amen. So we can see, amen, what it is God's trying to show us and his plan in his way and trust him as we seek after his way of doing it. Then that's an area of maturity right there. Seeking God's way of doing things. I mean, you can grow up with that. You'll be around a long time for that because God will keep adding those things that you need to you. You won't have to burn up all your, your energy and resources and whatnot trying to get stuff in another way besides God. We said over and over again, nothing worthwhile happens on this earth without God. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise this morning. We open up this word. Now, we pray, Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debt towards and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, Holy Ghost, have your way. So we're going to look at verse 12 this morning. And remember now, we want to be able to pass this test, about the third or fourth test we've been dealing with out of the list of seven. And this one right here talks about remembering our spiritual growth. Don't you let nobody try to treat you like an ignorant person when you know Jesus Christ. Because if you know Jesus Christ, you know the central 
focus of the whole Bible. You know, Jesus is the living word of God. These, these 66 books is supposed to be the living word of God. And Jesus is that living word, even though the Old Testament Christian people didn't know it. But it was taught to them. It was there. It was revealed to them. They just, they just did not have that knowledge. They didn't want that knowledge. They'd rather, you know, go out and create their own system of righteousness. You know, they had the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were teaching them things based on what they thought was the law of Moses, based on what they thought, you know, the, the prophets had said and taught them. But see, their actions, the way they lived their life was not proving that. You know, they were going in the opposite direction. They were going away from God. You know, they were looking for other gods. Remember, they were creating other images and idols and worshiping those things. They were they were caught up in the in the animal sacrifices and all of that and didn't understand the spirit behind it. Didn't understand what it was, what the intent was behind it. They just did it out of habit. And there's a lot of folks today, Pastor, just doing stuff out of habit. And they don't have no understanding. It's just like water baptism. Yesterday, we took the time to help people to be able to relate why water baptism is important in the relationship we have with Jesus Christ his death, his burial, his resurrection. You know, we heard, you know, people saying, co-workers had told them you got to go out and buy red and white garments to be baptized. Then they had the death pastor and say it was in the Bible. Mm. And we showed them the scriptures that concerned baptism, ain't mentioned nothing in about no red and white clothing. But it did give us insight on how it relates to the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That watery grave, you know, that that old, that old spiritual man going down in that water, being buried in that, that, and being raised up in the same power that God raised his son Jesus up. Mm. Walking away from it in the newness of life. Mm -hmm. And so we see all the way back then, and we see today that there's, there's a lot of growth that have taken place. There's a lot of maturity that have taken place because there are ministries out there that will take the time to walk people through and teach people and break it down so people can understand. And I got feedback that, that, that you know, them, those people came. We never met them before. You know, that was the young man's mother and, and her friend and all of them. You know, I got the call last night. They still talking about it. I sent them the scriptures on baptism. They've already shared them because the people was calling. I was told last night, they told her, as soon as you get them scriptures, give them to us because we want to go share them with some of those people who told us we got to buy red and white stuff to get baptized in. Mm. <clears throat> so you see, God is, is using us to share our growth with those that they can grow. Now, those people have grown in some wisdom and knowledge. Just one, one visit, you know, on a Sunday, and they got, the, they got more knowledge in that one, two or three hour event than they've gotten in all their life. And now they're willing to go out there and share with people who had tried to tell them something totally different. <clears throat> so they've grown and they've matured in, the, in that one visit. Now, they, I'm not saying they're no Bible experts, but for that particular issue that someone was trying to tell them something that's not backed up or proven by Scripture, they can now go show them in the word. And we told them, make sure you show them in the word. Make sure you tell them, not the pastor said or the pastors or the ministers, but let them say they showed us in the word, in the book of, in the chapter of, in the verse of, in the King James Bible. And let them look at it with, them, with their own eyes and then let them decide. See, this is how spiritual maturity and spiritual growth takes place. We, we, we focus on the details so that people go behind us when we finish. They can't say, go away and say, well, you said, I said. They go away and say, well, they said in the scripture and they showed us what the word said. See, that's the key right there. 
So they get, can't blame you, they blame the word. And they don't want to do that. Can't get away with that. So let's look at verse 12 here. He says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. And so you have to remember this now. Everything we do before it becomes for our ministry, mm-hmm. our name mm-hmm. title, it's got to be for his name's sake. Because he's the only one that died. Your bishop didn't die. Your apostle didn't die. Your prophetess, first lady elect, didn't die for you. He don't do nothing for you. Take your money, you know, cash out you to death. And don't think twice about it. Don't care about your financial status. They don't care about your bills need to be paid, your children need things. It's all about them for their name's sake. You know, but here he says right here, remember, he don't want you to forget this. This is where the growth starts. When you start to remember the things about God. Why? We always declare that the memory of the just is blessed. And you got the Holy Spirit, the paracleto walking alongside of you. One of his main functions is to bring back to your remembrance things and lessons that Jesus taught warned, advised when he was with them, that the father sent him with that message for the people. To mature them, to grow their wisdom, to grow their knowledge, that they not perish any longer for the lack of knowledge. To turn their hearts back toward him and away from what the Pharisees and Sadducees and everybody else was teaching. He wanted them to hear the commandments of the Father and go out and do them. See, when you hear it, you can do it. But when you don't hear it, you start guessing and assuming that you know it. And then you start taking a lot of risks and making a lot of mistakes. And this was, this Bible says when that happens, not only do you fall in the ditch, but the one who mistaught you, misspoke, falls in the ditch too. And now we all in the ditch. And so you have to guard your ears, man, what you allow yourself to hear. And he says, I write this to you as like little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I love the analogy, the symbology of little children. Come down. That, that's, that's, like, that's like talking about humble yourself. I know you think you're grown and you, you know, you, you know, you're, you're super intelligent about the things of God. But just for this piece of for this reason here, you know, your, your growth and maturity starts with you humbling yourself under the hand of God and let God exalt you in due time. Let God continue to perfect and bring to bear that good work that he has begun in us. Don't you go out and try to create your own righteousness, you know, you know. Just remember your spiritual growth. Don't forget, you know, be like children because we are forgiven because of God's namesake. Don't ever forget that. It's for his namesake that he chooses to forgive us. Mm -hmm. Amen. And we have to be like little children to receive that from the father. You know, can't start counting your righteousness, all the good things you did and say, I'm good to go. So a lot of people think that way because they do such good things in the community neighborhood and all that, that, you know, that, that's, that's sufficient. But you got to get them sins forgiven. Sister asked that yesterday. What if the last, since the last time I was here, I did X, Y, and Z. And we took her right to the scripture. Now you think about that. That's one of the hardest things to do sometimes. For people to admit that they did some wrong between the last time they repented and now. And she just swallowed that, that whatever. I won't call it pride, but, you know, I don't know. But she came right out like a little child. 
And then she said, now, should I get baptized knowing that I did? No, just we're going to show you what the words say and just do what the words say. Now, she's matured, and we told her, don't use this now as a license to go out there and do whatever. We want you to remember this spiritual growth that you just learned today, that when you fall short, and you will, just ask God to forgive you who's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all your unrighteousness, and then ask him to help you not to do it again so you can grow, you know. And she got that. She said, I got that. Now, see, she wasn't condemned. There was no condemnation. There was no beatdown. We built her up. We encouraged her. We matured her in that area. And guess what? There were others who heard. The white nurses over there heard. The people that came with her heard. Other members were there that heard. Even our little grandson and granddaughter heard. Because God wanted them to hear. You know? And so we have to remember that growth. We have to remember that we are children and we have been forgiven for his name's sake. You know, it says it right there. You know, our father, which is in heaven, okay, uh, he, he, you know, he said, you have known God himself who is eternal. All we've been talking about is preparing yourself now for eternity. Because, see, God is an eternal God. The things God do today is impactful and it has implications for our eternity. And see, this is what happens to people. They think no further, Pastor Sheridan, than the next trial. And then they don't think about it until they're in it. You know? And see, God wants us to begin to live our life today as though we're already in eternity because it can happen like that. The brevity of life can slip away just like that. And now you're faced with eternity and if you didn't prepare yourself for it, your fate is in the hands of God. And because he's a jealous God, but at the same time, he's a just and right God. If you didn't secure your eternal salvation now, while it's in your hands to do so for his namesake, that's, that's all the, that's all the proof I need is for his namesake. It's because he died for me to have eternal life. And if I believe on him who died for me, he says, I'm already, I'm already there. All I have to do now is endure to the end, working out my salvation with fear and trembling, fighting to hold on to it, not letting, you know, the cares of this world, man, choke what I know out of me. It happens to people. It's like Jacob. I got to hold on till he blessed me with that final reward, not that final punishment. I don't want to, I don't want to have him say to me, depart from me. I want to depart from the world right now so that I can assure myself I'm going to hear him say, welcome, my good and faithful servant. It's, it's your choice now. It's our choice now. But we have to remember our spiritual growth. We don't do the things that we, we, we're not in love with sinning anymore. We hate it when we fall short. That's a good thing. We quick to ask God to forgive us. Repent quickly. It's good for your soul. Confess those sins one quickly. It's good for your soul. It keeps you in right standing with God. And he's saying right there, just, just remember, okay, little children, just remember, you know, that you have been forgiven for his name's sake. Amen. So let's look at a few scripture references that talk to, that talks about this. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Uh, there are some scripture references that deal with this very issue. Amen. Uh, childlikeness, you know, Christ likeness to me childlikeness for an immature, spiritually immature Christian. And that's not to put nobody down. That's just to say, that's what, that's how the scripture addresses us. And we have to address ourselves in light of the scripture, not in light, in light of my own understanding or what I think, 
and not in light of my own righteousness, you know, or my own self judgment of myself or critique of others, but in light of the scripture. And when Lord looks at us, he looks at us where we are and he meets us there. Now we may think we are somewhere else other than where God addresses us, but we have to be comfortable or should I say we have to be uh, content with what the scripture says about us more than we are with what we say about us. And I, and I love for the father to look at me as one of his children, <clears throat> you know, because he is not for my name's sake as pastors it's for his name's sake that we stay humble. Jesus, Pastor Sherman, gave it up and came down and humbled himself under the hand of the father like like a like a child. And the Bible says that under us, a child was born, a son was given. Jesus gave up that place. He said, Father, I'm gonna send me. I'm going to go. But he had to be born just like we do, like a child. He had to humble himself. He knew in the end he was going to be glorified and get it back. We ought to know that in the end, we're going to get everything back that we sacrifice now. God going to repay. God going to reward. He going to restore. You ain't losing nothing by humbling yourself. I got to walk around, man, like we got, you know, <clears throat> spiritual shoulder pads on or something. <clears throat> but let's listen to what, this, what the scriptures have to say about this childlikeness, you know, uh, which is, uh, as a Christian, it's essential. It's like walking in humility. It's like Paul said, walking in contentment. You know what I'm saying? You know, not walking in arrogance, blindness, spiritual ignorance. See, this is how you perish. You're thinking you're mature when you ain't mature because you're basing it on your set of standards, your rules, your way of doing things, not his way of doing things. That ain't for God's namesake. That's for your namesake. You're trying to prove and demonstrate to somebody that you're somebody you're not. That's what I love about the comments we got. All them people, man, talked about was the word of God. You know what I'm saying? Because that word does what? Advises us, instructs us. It's good for doctrine. Good for correction, reproof, instruction, and righteousness. Why? So that we, the men and women of God, may be thoroughly furnished and prepared for every good work. Book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3. Verse 16, 17, 18, that's what Paul told Timothy, who was a son to him, soon to be a bishop, once he matured in the things that Paul was telling him that God had inspired him from a child, taught him through his mother and his grandmother, Lois and Eunice. You know, now he's, he's growing up to become a bishop, and now Paul is further teaching him as a son in the ministry. You know, and Timothy, you know, he, he, he was growing, he was maturing. There are others growing, maturing. Some of our children right now coming behind us, generation coming behind us. You know, they're seeing us. They're seeing our growth. They're seeing our maturity. And they're remembering. Some of you heard the testimonies yesterday. So let's look at some of these here, uh, these here scriptures, amen, that's, that shows how childlikeness is an essential element in our Christian walk or in our Christian life. And the first scripture we're going to deal with before we move forward here to close is in the book of Matthew chapter 19 verse 14 of the King James Bible. Listen to what it says now. But Jesus said suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And so even for us we have to come like little children and even for us we can't deny our little children. You know and so we have to be an example to them of how to be humble before the Father so that when they see us, they learn humility. They learn valuable lessons. 
you know, because we talk about the father to them and teach them about the father to them as little children who are maturing. We, we, we're not ashamed to let our children know we don't know everything. You know, we, 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 we teach them what we have learned. We don't try to teach them what we haven't learned. We give them what we have received. We don't try to give them what we haven't received. We take them where, we, where we've been. We don't try to take them where we haven't been. You know. And we have to be content with that. Sometimes we try to buy their love. Just give them your love. You know, just tell them that you love them and then treat them like you love them. And it ain't about how much you can buy them. You know, it, it, it's about humbling yourself to say to them sometimes, well, I'm not going to be able to do that, but I still love you. Okay, but maybe the next time, you know, see, that's that's love being honest with them. And they're beginning to look at you and say, you know, you know, my, my you know, my mom and dad, they, they were honest with me. They told me the truth. You know, see, that's the level of maturity that eventually when they begin to get a little bit older and they got their children, they won't be afraid to try to be uh, somebody that they're not with their children and try to buy their love. There's a lot of kids failing today because their old wealthy parents tried to buy their love. Because like, like they, you know, they hid behind that God of this world, that money blinded them. And there was no, there was no child likeness. They were just always trying to be so, you know, so eloquent, you know, so above everybody else. And it led to failure today. A lot of young people that come up in those rich families like that, man, are the ones today causing most of the problems. And you got, sometimes when I see these, these refugees, man, down on the borders, how those families are fighting, scaling barbed wire fences, man, to get their children a better opportunity at life. They're doing it for their kids. They're doing it for their families. They ain't trying to buy, man. They're, they're, they're willing, man, to put themselves at risk. Some of them send their kids while they suffer, stay behind and suffer, you know, humbling themselves, you know. Jesus has suffered not them to come into him, you know, for such is the kingdom of God. Over in the book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 36, the King James Bible, he says this, and he took a child and set him in the midst of them, and when he had taken him in his arms, he said something unto them, you know, he said something unto them, you know, and that's what Jesus does. He speaks to us adults the same message he speaks to our children, you know, that, that's, it's the same message. Yesterday, I looked over there and I was so happy. The first little person we saw was the little girl that Deaconess McNanium keep. I remember when that child used to come and they bring in the little car seat and she sit over there, man, and Pastor Sharon and I'd be up there preaching and doing the exaltation. And it was just her eyes were just open and she would just smile. And when you looked at her, man, she was sitting in there, man, hearing the preaching, the teaching, and the word. Now that she's a couple of years older, she's out there walking around. She's still there. Little, little Caucasian girl, still exposed. Then I looked across the field, the yard, and I see our youngest granddaughter, Callie, and our youngest grandson, Carter, who just turned six. And they sitting over there, and they listening to Papa, Nana, Uncle Phoebe, Uncle Eric, Auntie Phoebe, Uncle Eric, Minister Smith, Minister Smith, still preaching and teaching the word. They're part of it. They're listening. And afterwards, my little granddaughter came, 
jumped up in my arms inside the church when it was raining outside. And she said, Papa, when I get bigger, you're going to baptize me? She said, you did a lot of baptism to ba baptizing today. I said, I certainly will when you get a little older. Then my grandson came, and he telling me similar the same thing. He said, but Papa, I already baptized myself in the, in the bathtub. I said, well, Carl, this, when I baptize, it's going to be a little bit different. He said, what's going to be different? I'm going to teach you about baptism. He said, oh. But just think if they wouldn't have been there. That's something that they would have probably had to get later. But because we didn't suffer them not to come, they came. Mom bought them. She exposed them, you know. And so that, you know, that's, 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 uh, we've never been a ministry that told people to keep their children away, push them off in a room somewhere, let them watch games and all that while the ministry of the word is going for. Not according to the scripture. See, we have to, we have to look at it where they're at, not where we're at. They can't be where we're at until we're comfortable with being where they're at. That's what Jesus said. He took them and put them on up and he talked, he talked, he spoke to them. That's the savior, man putting these children as they brought them to him. Some of the people may have had a problem with it and told him to get them children away. Why are you troubling the master? And Jesus said, children don't trouble me. We all have to come to him that way. As humble old children. Uh, another verse, a reference here in the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 15, the King James Bible says this, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. See, and that's for his name's sake. Until you humble yourself, you ain't going in his kingdom. That, I, this is his instruction. This is his advice to us. This is his warning to us. No arrogance, no flesh going to dwell in his presence. We're going to have to humble ourselves under the hand of Almighty God and trust him to exalt us in due time. That due time is when Jesus comes back and those he says, welcome, will enter in. A lot of people think they're already in. No, you got to work out your salvation to the end with fear and trembling to be saved, to hear him say, enter in, well done. The well done part is walking in humility. Why? That's how Christ is. He humbled himself under the hand of his father. You know, and he walked in that humility and he was able to accomplish great work for the father. Because he knew he was pleasing his father, not his self-interest. Not his self-will, not his understanding. You know, he said, my meat is always the will of him that sent me. He stayed humble all the way to the end. Then he was crucified, and then he was glorified, exalted back to that place of power and authority at the right hand of the throne of God, his father. Sitting there now as a high priest and intercessor, I advocate making an intercession for us. You know, but he had to humble himself to come to earth and do what the father sent him to do as a son what we call him the son of man, the son of God. In the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 16, 17, King James Bible says this, but Jesus called them unto him and said, suffer little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. 17, verse 17, verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall not shall in no wise enter therein. So he reinforces it again. Luke is saying it to his audience, his followers, you know, making sure that they get this. 
You know, there got to be some Christ-likeness. It's an essential part of the Christian life that we plan to enter into the kingdom of God. Let's go a little further here. In the book of John, chapter 13, verse 33, the King James Bible. So here's John's take to his audience. He said, little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and I, and, and as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, ye cannot go. So now I say unto you, you know, you know, he's telling them, you know, probably because they hadn't understood the lesson of humbling themselves. You know, the Jews would put so much pressure on their, their leaders in their generation. They put pressure on Jesus, who was the king of the Jews. They wanted him to do all kinds of stuff. They wanted him to kill folk. They wanted him to wipe out, you know, the Pharisees and, said, and, the, and the high priest. They wanted him to do all this stuff. That's what got Judah in trouble. Lawyer, he wanted to see some power. You know, this is the Christ. This is the king of the Jews. He wanted him, man, to just, you know, to show that power. Humble, not, not, not willing to humble himself as a child and follow Christ. He didn't want to do it for God's sake. He wanted to do it for his own ego's sake. And sold him out, you know, sold him out, 30 pieces of silver. You know, did not want to humble himself. And some of the other ones, too, they betrayed him. There was others, asked a lot of questions, didn't want to humble himself for his sake, for God's sake. <clears throat> While Jesus is putting on this wonderful example of showing them how to be in a, a relationship with the Father and the Son, he stayed humble under the hand of the Father. He wanted them to stay humble, but no, they had to be, you know, arrogant and ignorant and, you know, Trying to be somebody that they wasn't, you know, and the Jews were like that, you know. He goes on to say here, man, the book of First Corinthians, Paul picks this up in 14th chapter, verse 20. He says in the King James Bible, brethren, be not children in understanding. How be in malice, be ye children, but in understanding, be ye men. <laughs> in other words, Paul said, when it come down to malice, don't nobody inflict more malice than you. You like a you like a super malice person. You are a full grown person with your malice. But when it comes down to understanding things of God, you 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 know you act like a you know you're ignorant. Really, is what he's making a comparison here. You know, it's, it's like it's like people, man, who will talk your face off about what goes on in the world. Christian people, but the minute man you you ask them about their salvation, well, you know, I go to church. You know, now I'm a member of this organization right here, and we do a lot of good work. See, they, 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 their understanding is like a child, but it's, the, it's like a child for the wrong reason. It's not for God's sake, for God's name's sake. It's that they're trying to protect themselves and defend themselves and trying to reflect, you know, and, and, and off everything that you're saying because that's where the real root of the problem is. You're perishing because of that lack of knowledge, you know, that lack of understanding. So you just start leaning to what you think is right. You try to say what you think people want to hear to impress people. And some leaders are like that because people got itching ears and they want to hear something they never heard before, you know. And so give them something they never heard before. Give them the word of God. They ain't never heard it before. That's what we did yesterday. And then people went away talking about it. They now want to know when, when, they come, when they're coming back. I was told they want to know when, when can we come back. They want to come back. I was told that the young, the man, young, the, the guy was thinking about he probably need to get baptized. He don't know. So I told him, I'm praying to get him scriptures with him, let him read them. You know, while he's stewing on it and seminar, let him humble himself, give them to him, let him read them. We, I, I wrote them out very explicitly with little footnotes so they would know what, what, how it applies to, to us today. 
It would be pretty simple, like a little child. But see, you have to humble yourself and get rid of all that stuff people done said you should be doing, what you should be wearing, and just let that word of God humble yourself. Just read that word like a little child and, and pause and think about it and let the Lord speak to you. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. But see, you got to humble yourself. And I believe they're going to do that. I believe we're going to hear from them again. When you're suffering them to come like little children, we had to come that way. That's the kingdom of God. You know, you don't got to know everything. Can't believe half of the stuff people tell you. You got to look and examine for yourself. In the book of 1 Peter, uh, chapter 2, verse 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. That's the key. It starts with your desire. And that's what I heard last night as I was rapping, checking on my, my, my niece to see how they made it back. All I heard was how those people, you know, desired that sin. They grew by that. They heard it. They grew by it. They wanted to know. We asked them, do y'all want, y'all want to tell it to you in the script? I want to show it to you in the script? They said yes, and we did. We took them there. As you saw, we got others involved. We had people pull up the scriptures. Why? Because we desired for people to feed on it just like this, that desire to be for the sincere milk of the word. You know, so that God can be glorified. It's for his name's sake that we take the time to punch in those details. So people don't give us the credit, but they give God credit because it's for God's sake that we do that. Uh, the book of uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Mm, mm, mm. What he's saying now, my little children. He's talking to us that way, even though we full grown. But I understand it might not be. Just like the full grown lady yesterday. She said, So the last time I was here, you know, I messed up since then. What do I do? Do I not get baptized or what what do I do? You know, and, and, and look at what we admit we ministered to her. We took the word of God, first John chapter one, verses seven and nine, and we instructed her on what she can do now so that she could still be a candidate for water baptism. He's faithful and just to forgive those who ask him. That's not a license for you to go back out here now sin and think you know how you just keep doing that at the same time. You ask God to help you. You desire the sincere milk of the word of God so that you may grow thereby. And she said, I got that scripture. She probably won't ever forget that scripture. And she probably will encounter someone else in the same boat. And she'll be able now to have a reference to share with them. Why? Because she's grown a little bit. She knows now how to deal with her sin problem. Ask God for help that you don't do it no more. But at the same time, ask him for forgiveness. And he's faithful and just to do it and cleanse you of all your unrighteousness. Last scripture. It's in the book of 1 John Chapter 2, verse 12, where we started is where we ended. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for spiritual growth. We thank you for removing spiritual blindness. We thank you for the wonderful examples you've given us in the word to show us, God, that there are those who stumbled before us, but there are those, Lord God, who picked themselves up and followed you, Lord, as little children. We see, God, there were those who forbid the little children to come to you, but you instructed them not to forbid them, meaning that your message is a universal message. 
It's from the cradle to the grave. It's one size fits all. And you told us, God, that we too have to humble ourselves because this is the kingdom of God, that we walk in humility as a child, as children of God, desiring the sin-sealed milk of the word that we may grow thereby if we haven't grown. So we thank you today, Father, and we praise you today for speaking to us as your children. You are our God and our Father. We love you and we thank you and we appreciate you, God, for treating us like little children. As we grow, as we prove that we know you by taking these lessons, taking these revelations and walking in them because you're the one that have begun to work in us and you're the one that will continue to perform it until you return. So we thank you today that we've grown. We thank you today, Lord, that, we've under, that we understand now. We've been enlightened now. That you don't care about us being arrogant. You care about us being humble. Under the hand of Almighty God that you might exalt us in due time. So this is our prayer today. As this word goes out, we give you the praise, the glory, and honor for it right now, Lord. That we remember our spiritual growth, our spiritual maturity. And that we share that with others, oh God. That they too may walk before you as little children that you might exalt them in due time. We give you praise going on for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, all right, that ends the teaching right there. We're going to go ahead and open up for our comments this morning. Amen. We'll start with Pastor Sharon, followed by Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe, and the rest of the group this morning. Pastor Sharon. Good morning, Pastor Eric. Good morning, Pastor Phoebe.